0: Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. It seems convenient. You should use these rooms on the side because they're there, but... You don't understand the difficulty of the noise from in here that bleeds into there from a sound system it is it is a challenge And i wonder sometimes i remember being a boy at south gibson and we had it just accordion doors on each side with wings just like this and we had Sunday school class in there and the sound would waif underneath that gap i don't know how we did it but i learned about david and goliath and daniel in the lion's den and you know I don't, I don't have Moses making the ark as a result of it, so on a few occasions that happens, but nonetheless, so uh, we're all just, you know, again, just ebbing and flowing with everything that's taking place around here. With all that being said, I do wanna say thank you to all those that came out last Monday night and uh, got all of this area back here just cleared out. I mean, we have a 40 foot container over here with a nine and a half foot roof that's eight feet wide. And it was delivered about noon on on Monday, empty. And by the time we left Monday night around, I don't know, 8-something, 10. Was it 10? Really? Well, nonetheless, it was full, uh, basically full. And all of that was cleared out. And so we say thank you for all of those that came out. And we didn't put out a phone blast for that. It just went up online through through Facebook. All right. And as much as possible, we'll t- probably, that's the way we'll try to communicate just because and most people don't know this every time i make a phone blast that costs the church money it costs so much money per how long the phone call is and how many people are called blah 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 and so we'll try to use that and so brother fred made mention to me if you're just liking our page you might want to follow our page because there is a difference if you follow first apostolic church page you'll get those notifications whenever that new thing comes up For instance, like, hey, if anybody can help us tonight at Monday on six o'clock, you'll get a notification concerning that if you actually follow the page and not just like the page. So you might want to check that on your Facebook if you're a liker or a follower, if you're both. (laughs) Some people like church. Some people follow church. No, I'm just joking. No, we'll preach that some other time. No. And then I want to thank Brother Mike Penrod on Friday. Um. the tile of the floor was supposed to stay in the hallways and such, and it was just going to be epoxied over that, and it was going to be seamlessly a level. Uh, but they popped a few pieces, and just as church life is, uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't laid on top of thin set, It was just carpet glue. It was held down by. And so we just ended up getting all that that tile popped. And as a result of that, we still had dividers up in the bathrooms back there, that partial wall where stuff is stored in the men's bathroom. And I called Mike Penrod. I was going to get help for that night and Saturday to be able to get that taken care of so that they could pop all that tile out of the bathrooms. And Mike said, well, I'm really not doing anything right now. It's like I forgot he was retired. And, uh, so I asked him to come over and he and I got it knocked out in about an hour. And so I want to thank brother Mike Penrod for being willing to come over that, that saved anybody else from, from having already worked that day, coming that night and have in, it really didn't take very long. Did it amen to do it? And so I want to thank him for that as well. You can turn to Deuteronomy. I know I feel like I lied to you. You can turn to Deuteronomy chapter two, 19, I've preached probably Four or five, I don't know how many messages here lately I've preached out of Deuteronomy. Every Sunday night I've preached out of Deuteronomy. I know it feels like it's been a month, but uh, here we are, Deuteronomy 19. And as Brother Malone may mention, there are just connect groups. There are just two more opportunities for connect groups in this month before we switch back to Bible study uh, in the month of March in the month of March. So just two more opportunities for Connect Group this month. Amen. It's went by quick. We've missed some from different things that have went on and such, but uh, that's okay. Deuteronomy 19, I'm going to begin reading with verse uh, number one there, and then I'll read a few verses of Scripture and skip down in three, then read a few more verses of Scripture as well. But Deuteronomy 19, verse number one, when the Lord thy God hath cut off the nation's, Whose land the Lord thy God giveth thee, and thou succeedest them, and dwellest in their cities and in their houses. Thou shalt separate three cities for thee in the midst of thy land, which the Lord thy God giveth thee to possess it. Thou shalt prepare thee away, and divide the coast of thy land, which the Lord thy God giveth thee to inherit into three parts, that every slayer may flee Thither, This is speaking about cities of refuge that were going to happen and be established in Israel. Skipping down now to verse number 6. The verses I skipped just kind of give a basic example of one that may have slain another one uh, by accident or ignorantly, more appropriately, ignorantly, that they could flee to one of these cities of refuge. Verse 6. They're going to do this lest the avenger of the blood pursue the slayer while his heart is hot and overtake him because the way is long, and slay him. Whereas he was not worthy of death, inasmuch as he hated him not in time past, wherefore I command thee, saying, Thou shalt separate three cities for thee. If the Lord thy God enlarge thy coast, as he hath sworn unto thy fathers, and give thee all the land which he promised to give unto thy fathers, if thou shalt keep all these commandments, and to do them, Which I command thee this day to love the Lord thy God and to walk ever in his ways, then shalt thou add three cities more for thee besides these three that innocent blood be not shed in thy land, which the Lord thy God giveth thee for an inheritance, and so blood may be upon thee. Let me summarize this, if I can, in a nutshell. The idea is this. He says, again, they are about ready to cross over Jordan to go into the land of Canaan that the Lord said is theirs. He says, when you go over there, I want you to measure all the land. And I want you to divide it in three regions, and I want you to put, have a particular city in the middle of each region that will be a city of refuge that somebody can run to uh, if by chance they, they ignorantly slay another, not having no hate in their heart of them before, but slay another that they can run there because a near relative of theirs is going to be trying to find you, take your life. And so I want you to establish this. And he says, and if your borders ever become bigger than what they are, he says, you can even add additional cities of refuge for the people. Amen. What I want to minister to this group of people today is this never too far from refuge, never too far from refuge. Amen. Can we go to the Lord and pray today? Father, we love you. I thank you, O Lord, today, God, for your kindness, your mercy, and your grace. God, we need your help, Lord, in this service today. God, let the anointing of your spirit, God, light upon our hearts and light upon our souls. I pray, O God, give us instruction, Lord Jesus, God, through the Holy Ghost today. I pray, O Lord, let your word, God, find a place, Lord Jesus, in each of our hearts and our minds. God, encourage us and equip us, Lord, today by the word of God. And we'll thank you for it in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And the church say, amen. 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 You may be seated. Amen. Before I get started today, I want to say how glad I am to see Amen Hunter and McKenzie here today. And it's good to see Pat and Trayvon again here today. Amen. And different ones that's been unable to be here, whether it be the sickness or so and so forth or quarantine or whatever it may be. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord this morning. Never too far from refuge. This isn't the only place the Bible mentions these cities of refuge. There are other places, even throughout the book of Deuteronomy, there are scattering mentions of these particular places. There are special references to them in Numbers 35, quite a few verses that are set aside that detail some information about them, along with Joshua chapter number 20. There is a lot of detailed information in those two books and those chapters concerning the cities of refuge. The literal Hebrew translation of the phrase, a city of refuge, is a city of intaking. These places of intaking or these places of safety were even found among the heathen according to history. They were often associated with a sacred or a holy spot, and then it extended out from there at a prescribed distance, even among the heathen. If they had a shrine or a temple, they many times made that a a place of refuge for people to come to, and there was a prescribed distance out from that sacred spot or that sacred shrine that would still yet be grounds of safety and grounds of asylum of those that would be in need of it. And what it meant was this, is that a person could only, find safety or they could only find asylum if they were in that prescribed set distance of that holy sacred spot or holy sacred place. Even among the Greeks and the Romans of New Testament scripture, uh, the number of these types of places and shelters became very numerous in their history. And since they were so numerous, people took advantage of them in a negative way. Uh, The increased numbers of them among the Greeks and the Romans led to an abuse and increased criminal activity among their cultures and places because the numbers were so much, and so as a result of this, among them, they had to limit their numbers because of it being taken advantage of negatively, and so their privileges were lessened as a result of it. But concerning the nation of Israel, prior to settling in the land of Canaan, the tabernacle was known as the place of the people's refuge in the wilderness, they situated their lives in according to the Old Testament they situated their lives and their tents that they lived in around the tabernacle you'll you'll see every time that they moved and the tabernacle was set back up that their tents were stationed north, south, east and west all the way around the tabernacle with their tent door toward the tabernacle the tabernacle was the center of them and it was their place of refuge it was their place of asylum and safety and even more particularly than just the tabernacle of the building itself. More particularly was the sanctuary or the horns of the altar. Amen. That was in the sanctuary that were known to be a place of refuge for God's people. Even in the times of Solomon, King Solomon during his reign, we read of one man which was a son of David by the name of Adonijah and another man by the name of Joab who fled to the horns of the altar and grabbed a hold of them for sanctuary. They grabbed the hold of them for safety and for protection. But now that Israel is through their wilderness wanderings and journeys and, and they've really had no place to settle with permanence, but they are on the verge of crossing over the Jordan River to have a land that they can settle in. Amen. When they go to this place and the, the land is distributed to the different tribes, and this tribe can have this portion of land and and, and, and this. this This tribe over here can have that portion of land. As a result of that, there would be some people and some tribes... Further from the tabernacle than other tribes. You know how it is even here. There's some of you that live in Allendale. There's some of you that live here in Mount Carmel. Uh, used to, Sister Nadine lived in Carmi. Some people are at greater distance from the church house or the tabernacle than others are. And Moses being directed by the Lord. Since that would happen once they got to the settled place of some being further and some being closer. He says, we got, we got to do something. He says, I want you to divide the land in three parts and put a city of refuge in the middle of each of those regions so that we can ensure that no one will be too far from refuge. They might be a great distance from the tabernacle, but these cities of refuge are to be an extension of the refuge that they could have and used to find there. And so the Levites, of course, in Scripture, just just bear, I I got a little journey today, all right? The Levites, of course, in Scripture had no allotment of land. All the other tribes did, but not the Levites. They were the Levitical priesthood. The Bible describes that their portion wasn't land, but their portion was the Lord. That's the way it specifically said in Scripture, their portion was the Lord. And so as a result of that, the Lord made a a way in which they had lands that they didn't own, but basically lands that were given to them or, 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 uh, if you will, supplied for them from the other tribes. And so he made a provision for them. God assigned 48 cities that were taken from the other tribes for the Levitical Priesthood. And six of those 48 cities was given to the Levites to be cities of refuge. There were six cities that were on the west side of Jordan. And there was there were three cities on the west side of Jordan. And three cities on the east side of the Jordan River. God made those three on the east side of the Jordan. Before they would get into Canaan on the east side. Because if you'll remember there was Reuben and Dad and half the tribe of Manasseh. That said this land here is good for life livestock we would like to stay over here and so by the hand of the Lord says we're going to station them three cities of refuge over here because we cannot have you folks being too far from refuge and so we're going to make provisions over here that you'll be close to places of refuge in case you are in need of it and so a city of refuge was easy Amen. To get access to from every part of the land. Scattered all throughout the land they were there. Uh, the living Bible says it like this that they were everyone was reasonably close to a place of refuge. There was no part of the land of Canaan. No part where the Israels dwelt that was more than 30 miles away from a city of refuge. A distance that an individual could cover in about one day they could get to a city of refuge. The roads leading to the cities of refuge. They were kept, of course, in good repair. The historians say they were clearly marked. Rabbis and rabbinical tradition says that there were signs at every crossroad denoting what direction the city of refuge was in and how near they were to the city of refuge. At every turn, there were signposts indicating refuge, 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 showing people where they needed to go. Other reports Told that the roads were enlarged to even the width of almost 50 feet wide. That's quite a feat in that day. They made sure the roads leading to the cities of refuge were wide enough to accommodate one so that they would recognize it, notice it, and being able to travel it, making refuge easily found. Bridges were built over waterways. Bridges were built over rivers. Some extra biblical information records that the gates at the cities of refuge were always open. They were always open. They were attended to 24 hours of the day every day. Of the week. Amen. Men were there at the gates, always eager and ready to receive fugitives in the city of refuge. And this is different from any other city because normally gates were closed and locked at night and particularly during times of war. But it didn't matter at the cities of refuge whether it was nighttime, whether it was wartime, the gates of the city were always open because these were the cities. Of refuge. The Bible says in Numbers 35 and verse 15, these six cities shall be a refuge both for your children of Israel and for the stranger and for the sojourner among them, that everyone that killeth any person unawares may flee thither. Understand, the city of refuge wasn't just for the children of Israel, it just wasn't for the 12 tribes. It was indeed for them, but it was also for a stranger that might be in need of refuge. It was also for a sojourner that might need be in, in need of refuge. If I could say it like this today, through the hand of the Lord having these cities, refuge was avail- available and for anyone and everyone that was in need of of refuge, The purpose of the cities of refuge that we read of in verse 4 of my text was so that the slayer, the Bible says, so that they may live. They were a haven for the, the fugitive until a trial could decide the outcome of guilt or innocence. The city of refuge was more than a place of safety. It was even a place where atonement could be made for the guilty. They were a place of shelter, a place of protection, and safety for anybody that was presumably guilty. So I'm going to say, okay. And the footnote in Scripture on all of humanity of those that had a hand in crucifying the Lord or responsible for Him being there on the cross is this. This is the footnote. And these are the words of the Lord Jesus Christ by his own admission as he hung on the cross in Luke 23. He said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. From Jesus' own mouth on the cross, he says the people that are responsible for putting the nails in the hands, the people that are responsible for making the, the the thorns and placing it on my head. The people that are responsible for beating me with rods and spitting upon me. And the people that are responsible for putting me to trial and falsely accusing me. And the people that are responsible in the crowd that cry, crucify, crucify, crucify him. I'm saying, Father, forgive them because they're ignorant about what they're really doing. They're ignorant. Though their actions are severe and their actions are intentional, they are ignorant. They know not what they do. Our text in the Jerusalem Bible says that the killer was someone who had killed, but he killed by mistake. Verse number six in another version says, amen, mister, you do not deserve to die, but the man that you you, you, you attacked, or the man that the ax had hit, he did get killed. What's it saying? It's saying there was a death. There was some of it sometimes even intentional, but the fact of the matter is this, you were ignorant, you were acting with misinformation. You are acting by mistake. The Bible says in Acts 3 and verse 17, Peter is speaking. He says, now, brethren, I want or I know that through ignorance ye did it, as did also your rulers. He's speaking to them about the crucifix of the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, I know this and I tell you this, that I know what you did. You did ignorantly. Amen. the Jews didn't ask for this but Peter was offering it he was basically telling them I understand that you didn't recognize Jesus Christ Amen, to be the Christ or the Messiah I understand you thought him to be Joseph's son just another carpenter's son just another man that walked in shoe leather I understand you didn't recognize him to be God manifest in the flesh and you didn't accept his deity you didn't accept him as God and I understand as a result of that Everything you did, every false word you spoke, every action that you took was in ignorance. Someone say amen. I'm going to get there in a little bit. There was even provisions made in the Old Testament, amen, for people who sinned ignorantly or for people who did stuff ignorantly, amen. Were they guilty of their sin? Absolutely, amen. And the Bible says that a person that sinned ignorantly, when they came to the realization that they had done wrong, they were responsible for making amends for their sin. But when they sinned, in many ways, they had done it, ignorant to ignorantly they did it through their ignorance and when they come to realization of what truly they had done they would have to repent and make amends for what they had done that's how a case that may otherwise be considered murder could be called manslaughter because they done it ignorantly and in the old testament murder was answered for this if you took a life then your life was taken. But the way of manslaughter was handled differently. If you were doing things ignorantly, hey Amen. A man that had committed manslaughter had done something ignorantly. They had the hope of not dying. If but they could just get to a city of refuge and stay within its boundaries. They had a chance, if possible, to flee there and arrive there without being overtaken by their avenger of blood. What are you saying this morning, Brother McGee? I'm saying each and every one of us were just as guilty as those of the New Testament Scripture. It was our sin that placed Christ where he was on Golgotha's hill. It was our mistakes, our wrongs that placed him there. And yes, he died. And yes, he suffered a horrific death. But from the lips of Jesus and from the lips of Peter, tell us this. Had they really known who he was, maybe they would have acted like they did. Much of what they did, they did ignorantly. But what I've come to tell this congregation this morning, that tells me this. Each and every Every one of us sitting under the sound of my voice, since we had done something stupidly and ignorantly, God has supplied a place of refuge. God, thank God, it's not life for life in this matter. Amen. Concerning us. But God has supplied a city of refuge. And I'm here to tell us today, it is not far from every one of us. It's not of great distance from every one of us. It is quite capable of reaching. Can I tell you this morning, we need to be fleeing to that city because there is an avenger. There is an adversary. There is one that is creeping around. Amen. And try to Turn guilt into disaster for our life. But we need to be watching all the signposts. We need to be traversing the river over the bridges. We need to be looking for every clue to somehow make it to the city of refuge. Someone say amen. I'm here to tell us this morning, there's all kinds of different types that are sitting here before me today. But I want to tell you emphatically this morning that a person has to step over God's good graces and mercies to be lost. You hearing me? You got you got to purposely try to be lost to be lost concerning the Lord. You got to step over his heart, trample his heart. You got to wade through, amen, uh, hip and neck deep mercies that God has shown to you in order to be lost. If I say it like this, God wants to, to make it difficult for you to be lost. And that's why, even in the Old Testament, that's why he calculated refuge because he knew that there would be people that would push the envelope and go as far as it could go. Go as far as they could go. The distance concerning the cities of refuge was the main thrust. People feel like sometimes, even in our modern day, probably like they did then, they feel like, I've done too much. I've gone too far. I've burned too many bridges. I've corrupted too many relationships. I've involved myself in too many things that are opposing to the things of God. Many people still today are just like the prodigal that have left the father's house and they've went, the Bible says, into a far country and you feel like there's a great distance. There's a great gap to be bridged. Someone say amen. But Moses urged the children of Israel. He says, when you get into Canaan, I want you to calculate the distance. I want you to determine the distance involved throughout all the land and divide the land and put a city of refuge in the middle of every region. He said, don't allow the distance to be too great from anybody because everybody should have the opportunity, amen, to avail themselves of some refuge. Someone say amen. Damn he says I just don't want the city of refuge amen to be spaced so far from any person I want it to be close to every city to every tribe and every individual because if it's at a great distance if they're at a great distance from refuge and they're dealing with this presumed guilt in their life and they're dealing with a fault that they may have committed in their life the avenger might overtake them on their way to refuge if it's too far if it's too much of a distance they might be headed there but the avenger might come up and overtake them if it's too far so we can't have it too far we gotta make it close because everybody should be offered some refuge someone say amen the bible says in Deuteronomy 19 look at this this is one of those things I've never really picked up on before whenever I read the scripture but verse number 8 says this and if the Lord Thy God, enlarge thy coast. Listen to me now. The three cities have already been established on the east of Jordan. He's talking to them about establishing the three on the west of Jordan. Now, listen, in addition to all of this, he says, If the Lord thy God enlarge thy coast, as he have sworn unto thy fathers, and give thee all the land which he promised to give unto thy fathers. And we need to stop right there for a moment. Because many times, even yet today, we think that the land of Israel that was promised to Israel is the little boundary line that's over there right now. But if you go back to Genesis chapter 15 and you read where the Lord initially spoke to Abraham about what was to be the land of Israel, the land of Israel wasn't just from the Mediterranean Sea to the Jordan River. It was to be from the Mediterranean Sea all the way to the Euphrates River, which is much more distant beyond the Jordan. He says, your father, if if you enlarge your borders, he says, and and you're given all this land, which was promised unto your fathers. He's thinking back to that that land mass that he told Abraham. He said, that's what you can have. That's not what they settled for. Amen. They settled for much less. But he says, if God ever makes your borders large enough, that it's all of that land that I spoke unto Abraham. He says, then, in verse 9, the last phrase, then shalt thou add three cities more for thee besides these three. In other words, he says you got the three cities of refuge on the east of Jordan. You got the three cities of refuge on the west of Jordan. He said but if your boundaries if you get more land he says I'm making provisions for even three additional not just six cities of refuge but nine cities of refuge because as your land would get larger and you would have more acreage people's going to start starting cities in those areas of more land. And so as those cities increase, (laughs) that means there's going to be possibly people as you enlarge your boundaries that will live further from a city of refuge than what they would have formerly. And so I'm going to allow for additional cities of refuge so that they'll still be in a close distance to refuge. In other words, if I can state it like this, what God was prescribing through Moses was this. Listen, Moses. He says if you enlarge your boundaries and there's more land and land that's further from the presently established cities of refuge, he says there's a possibility that people can move further away from refuge. And listen, Moses. The further that people get away from refuge, the closer you gotta make refuge available to them. The further they get away from You gotta be intentional and make it closer to... I'm here to tell you today, when you're sitting in this pew this morning and think you're too far gone or went too far or at such great a distance, I I have a mandate from heaven telling me this, that the further they get away, we gotta be intentional about making it closer to them. For... There's nobody sitting here today that's too far from refuge. You hear me? what that means is if this is the city of refuge this podium up here and this is where brother Malone lives and our land stops at this pew right here amen he has access to it it's just at most a 30 mile trip that's just a day's journey he's not too far from refuge but if we start uh, conquering some other peoples uh, and our land expanse begins to go back I know I'm using pews this morning our land expanse uh, begins to go back even further and further and brother Malone decides you know what I'm not going to live here anymore there's a whole lot more land amen that I can live in now that our borders have increased and he gets all the way back from here he's a whole lot farther to the city of refuge that he used to be at amen but the Lord made a provision I don't want him that far from refuge I know he moved further away but I don't want him that far from refuge what does God do I'll tell you what God does God says it's your responsibility Moses if that happens you gotta position a city of refuge a little further out closer to where he's at so that nobody is too far sinner today backslider today saint of God today nobody's too far from refuge someone say hallelujah hallelujah You can sit wherever you want to sit, Brother Malone. So I want you to determine the distance. If it's beyond 30 miles, then we need another refuge point. If it's more than a day's journey, then we need another refuge point. Because a guilty person might be able to make the trip from there to there. Without being touched by the Avenger. But he'll gonna be harder pressed to make the journey from here to way over there. And not be overtaken. But if I can shorten the distance, whoa! He can still get to refuge without being overtaken by the Avenger. Oh, someone hear me today. Because what do you do? I know how it is. Ma'am, Brother Malone, you know how perhaps whenever you get in those little competitions of running, you always, the curiosity's killing the cat. How close is the next person behind me? Huh? And you do do one of those numbers. You're trying to see if they're there. And they say don't do that because it slows you down. But you're worried if someone's going to overtake you. See, I know God knows our abilities. He knows I might be able to smoke them in a 100-yard in a dash, but can I smoke them in a 10-mile run? You hear what I'm saying? He knows your ability, and he knows the ability of the avenger. And he says, I know how close refuge needs to be in order for this journey to end successful. And so no one's going to be too far. And they're not going to have to look over their shoulder as they're running to refuge. Because they're going to have confidence. That's close enough for me to get to. That's close enough for me to find safety in. That's, oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Someone say amen. So we do all these things, right? Build waterways over, or bridges over waterways signposts, distances, big, wider roads, all for the city of refuge, Brother Mike Trout. But listen, the roads can be good. The gates can always be open. Every waterway can be bridged. The path can be clearly marked. A welcome committee can be there standing watch to welcome any fugitive that would arrive. But if the distance is too far. If the distance is too far. It doesn't matter how good your roads are. It doesn't matter if there's a, a committee waiting. It doesn't matter how many signs you're pointing. It doesn't matter how many bridges are over the waterways. If the distance is too far then they still could possibly be overtaken by the avenger. Let me tell you, it doesn't matter how unobscured the path is. It doesn't matter how prepared the way may be. What we need is a measured distance, a determined distance to our refuge. You give me the best of roads, but if it's 26 miles, someone hear me? If it's 26 miles, I'm going to get weary somewhere in that 26 mile and may be overtaken. And he says, listen, Israel, if you don't do this and blood is shed for somebody that is on their way to the city of refuge and they're overtaken by the avenger and they are killed and blood is shed, he said, you're going to be guilty of their blood because you didn't guarantee a city of refuge close enough for everyone to get to. You know what I'm doing is. Pastor First Apostolic Church, Brother Fred McGee, I'm hoping with the help of God that I'm trying to make refuge. Oh, it's just a day's distance. Just a step, if you will. Just a decision away from every individual that walks through these doors or that are still beyond these doors that we... Someone say Glory. What are you saying? I'm saying this. We don't listen to me clearly. We need not make it difficult for people to get refuge. we need not make it difficult for people to get refuge we need not to posture that God is on some top shelf that only the privilege and those with great piety amen can somehow reach this God on the top shelf that only a few people can reach or grab a hold of no we need to pull the curtain off of refuge and show that it is accessible to Jew and Gentile and Samaritan male and female oh shatah saved and unsaved sojourner, stranger and child of God we need to make it available that no, no matter how far you feel like you are from Him you're never too far from refuge we're not in the business of making refuge obscure and rare oh. we are in the business of of making refuge within reach. Plentiful for every sort of mankind. In other words, I'm going to find me something here to wipe sweat. In other words, no one, I wouldn't say no one, no one would be at a greater disadvantage than another based upon where they live. No one, say it again, would be at a greater disadvantage than the other based upon where they live. Whew. Let me break it down like this. The good moral person whew, is not too far from refuge. But the fornicator, not too far either. Uh-huh. Mr. Good Deeds is not too far from refuge. But the liar, not too far as well. No one's at a disadvantage about where they're living. They're all at a major distance from refuge. Because people walk in here, and we accept the dialogue and the narrative of society that wants to say this is big sin, this is little sin. This, is, this has gone too far, this has went way too far. And we're pinning the tail on the donkey as humanity of what's acceptable God, what isn't acceptable God. What he'll overlook, what he'll pardon, what he'll forgive and what well is up for you know, a committee meeting about whether or not he will. My Bible says it was all humanity, all mankind. There wasn't a bunch of other little details or descriptions, amen, that kind of narrowed, if you will, the group that he actually died for. It was for every individual. I don't care in our human standards how how out there their sin may be. They're given the same prescribed distance as you do, as you have. Someone say amen. Bible says in Psalms 9, in verse 9, the Lord also, the, the psalmist says, the Lord also will be a refuge, look, for the oppressed. A refuge in times of trouble. He says the, the Lord will. Who is this refuge? Ultimately, this refuge is the Lord. Ultimately, this refuge is God. But just as the Israelites found that the Old Testament tabernacle was a place of refuge for them before the cities of refuge were set up and they could run to the altar and the horns of the altar. And find safety and asylum there, just as the, as that was to begin with with the Israelites. Or the Israelites in the Old Testament, the original place of their refuge being the tabernacle. I'll say today that ultimately our refuge is the Lord, but our refuge is also, Amen, a place. It is the church house. It is the tabernacle. It is the altar that is found there. Our refuge, in many regards, is a place and a person. It is the Lord, and it is the church house and if I can explain it like this the churches that are pinpointed across the map of America and third world countries and Europe and Asia amen. all of those are connect points of refuge because there is a vast land out there and we need to make sure that nobody is too far from refuge our embassies today of America that are in foreign lands they are there for assisting souls who travel and live in a a world that's not their own. That's the reason why the embassy is there. Those people are living into what is them a strange foreign land. But the embassy is there so that they have a connection to the land that they're from. And it's a place of refuge for them. I'm telling you every church across America needs to be an embassy. It needs to be a refuge for people that are living in a land that is not their own. It connects us to another land. Oh, yes. Someone say amen. So, the principle for the church is the principle that Moses shared with the Israelites. As God enlarges your territory, increase your capacity to be a refuge for those in need. I'll state it like this God, somewhere along the line, ever allows us to grow. Beyond where we are right now, not just talking about building size, but also number of people as we increase, we're going to have to increase our capacity. We're going to have to increase our capacity to be a refuge. Because by and large, if that happens, there, we, we, we might be outnumbered. And that's okay. We might be outnumbered in those that are some just disastrous, dangerous need of a refuge and those that are already here. And we're going to have to increase our capacity so that it reaches each and every individual of every sect of society and of everything that they may walk into these double doors with. Listen, the Bible says in Psalms 46 and verse 7, you can also find this in verse 11, The Lord of hosts is with us, the psalmist says. Note this. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Salah. Salah is the pause. It's It's a musical pause. It's a purposeful pause. Whenever you see Salah, you're supposed to stop, pause, and think. And ponder and meditate upon what's just been spoken. So he says these words. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Now just I'll take that in for a moment and think about that. Well, alrighty. But what I want to convey to you this morning is this. In case there's anybody sitting under the sound of my voice this morning that's doubtful about your life and whether or not you're worthy of refuge. He said, the God of Jacob is our refuge. The psalmist could have just as easily said that the God of Israel, which is what Jacob's name was changed to, the God of Israel is our refuge. But instead, he purposely chose that the God of Jacob, the name that's associated with conniving, the name that's associated with deceiving, He said, the God of that man is my refuge. What are you saying? I'm saying whenever we consider Jacob and the actions and the life that he led under the name of Jacob, Jacob didn't always have everything all together. Jacob didn't have everything. His face always in the wind flying straight. Jacob had some issues. Yet nonetheless, God was the God. Of Jacob. And the psalmist is saying, if you feel like, and you're pondering if you gotta be worthy in order to have refuge, I'll tell you that the God of Jacob will be your refuge. The God of a man that didn't always have it together. A God of a man that was prone to make mistakes. A God of a man that at times seemed like he was turned his back on God. Fact God will be your refuge. He knows you don't have it all together. He knows you make your own mistakes. He knows there's times you touch your tail between your legs and walk the opposite way. But that God will be your refuge. Never too far. Never too unworthy for refuge. Someone see me. If you'll stand with me, the church needs to be a refuge for the Jacob types as well. Psalms 91. Tremendous song. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Some of the verses that you may be familiar with. Psalms 91. There's a section of verses 9 through 12. That could easily relate to a city of refuge. The psalm says, Because thou hast made the Lord, he says, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation. He said, You've made the Lord, which is my refuge, your habitation. Think with me, city of refuge. You've made my refuge. My God, your city of refuge, your habitation. And look what results as a result of this. He says, there shall no evil befall thee. Neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Because you've made, you've made the Lord, which is my refuge, the most high, thy habitation. I'm coming here to a close this morning. There are primarily, you could look at others like the road conditions and the waterways and all that. But there are primarily two elements responsible for the success of a city of refuge. One depends upon the placement of the city and the other depends upon the refugee. Number one, two primary for the success. Number one, the city must be close. But number two, the refugee must purposefully and intentionally flee. Two. David said, you got to make the Lord your habitation. It's there. The way's clear. The path is clearly marked. It's close to you. But, but the success of it being where it's at is going to be how close it is to you and if you will flee to it when you are in need of it. And so I urge every individual sitting here in the sound of my voice this morning, every person that's in need of a refuge today, please do not hesitate, but run, flee to the city of refuge, because it's not far from every one of you. Our doors are open. The way has been prepared i'll even say i believe people are waiting for your arrival just like the father that's on the porch and he sees the sun goes out and runs to meet him there's people waiting for your arrival and i guarantee you this you'll find shelter at that refuge you'll find protection at that refuge in safety but sometimes it means you got to conquer the mindset he meant the adversary telling you it's too far no however far you've went we've just went the extra distance to make refuge that much closer to you You say, well, I got code on God. That's all right. We made refuge that much closer to you. Well, I left God. That's all right. We went the distance beyond the four walls of this assembly to make refuge that much closer to you. Well, I got involved in all kinds of garbage out there. That's all right. We went then a step. The further you went, the closer we got. It's really a pursuit, folks, if you see it as such. It's really a pursuit that God's talking about. The further they leave, the more so you pursue after them with refuge. We bow our heads in this place. Whew. These altars are open. We will have no music this morning, but these altars are open today. I believe there's people sitting in the sound of my voice that feels like they have went too far, that feels like they have done too much, that feels like, well, you know, Brother McGee, it was one mistake too many that, that just totally tipped the scales, and there's no way to balance this all out, but I urge you today, amen, allow the First Apostolic Church to be a city of refuge to you. Let it be a point of extension, amen, of God and His presence Himself let it be a place where you can find safety and protection and shelter because in reality amen all of us all of those in New Testament scripture we have done some ignorant things and stupid things and God is reaching for us God is vying for us he's wanting to make it easy for you to find him he's wanting to make it easy for you to acknowledge him he's wanting to make it easy for you to experience him the place is set the distance is measured but sir or ma'am will you flee to your place of refuge will you flee to that available place that is in close proximity to you will you make the movement will you make the decision amen to move toward the Lord and go to that place and find safety and asylum and shelter and protection this morning this altar is open if the Old Testament altar was the original place they found safety you can find safety here today there's no there's no literal horn on this altar, but there's still yet a lot of power in this altar and it can be a place where you lay your life, however uh, the roller coaster that life may have been for you, this is where you can lay your life down on the altar and say, God I seek asylum today, God I seek refuge today, I need you to be my refuge, I found myself all times like Jacob I don't always have it all together and I I measure mistakes against what I get right, my mistakes sometimes they are more new than what I get right but God here I am I'm in need of you I'm in need of you these altars are open today hallelujah if anybody would want to come or if anybody's just bowing their head there this morning and saying God I know I'm not far from it but I'm having a hard time stepping one foot out and from the other I'm having a hard time to purpose in my mind that that's where I need to get to that's where I need to flee to hallelujah you're never too far from refuge You're never too far from refuge, sir, ma'am. Hallelujah, young adult. It matters not who you are. It matters not who you are. It doesn't matter where you're presently living and the circumstances of your life right now. You are never too far from refuge. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Church family, can we begin to pray to the Lord right now? All across this place. Father, I come to you, Lord. Oh, God, prick somebody in their heart today. Prick somebody in their spirit today. Somebody, oh God, in their soul today. God, to be moved upon by the Spirit of the Lord. God, when the path has been made clear and the signposts are directing in the right direction. God, that they're just just a few movements away. God, from a place, Lord, of refuge and safety and protection. Oh, God, pull up on their heartstrings. Oh, God, pull up on their mind. I pray, oh God, today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're never too far from refuge. I know what your mind's telling you. I know what the enemy of your soul is telling you. Amen. But you gotta just you just gotta disregard that. You're never too far from refuge. Yes, God, yes, God, yes, God, yes, God. We need you. <laughs> We need Thee, O God. We need Thee, O God. We need Thee, O God. Holy, 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 holy. Lord, Your eye, Lord, runs to and fro. God, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro over the whole earth. God, You see our lives. You see where we are. You see what we contend with. Help us, oh God, to be a connect point, God, of refuge, God, for our world. A connect point of refuge, God, for our community, for our society. A connect point, God, of refuge and extension, God, of you, Lord Jesus, for people that are in dire need, dealing with guilt and shame, Lord, over, overwhelm God, Lord Jesus, with choices and decisions, Lord, that were bad. God is our refuge and strength, a very Present help in trouble, oh God, we're never too far from refuge. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Spirit of the Lord. Spirit of the Lord. Spirit of the Lord. Spirit of the Lord, Lord. we love you, God. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the church say amen. Amen. Service tonight, of course, at six. Amen. You can come early for prayer at five. Again, the altar area will be the prayer area. Amen. And so we'll try to be a little uh, conscious of that. Amen. While people are speaking back here, people be praying up here and we're not going to be in competition with one another. But uh, we're just going to try to be mindful of one another. Amen. And such. So, amen. We'll be back here tonight at six. Amen. So, again, thankful for all of those that have come here today and have taken time out of your life to be in the house of the Lord. Pray God would bless you and encourage you in the things of the Lord. Amen. And you're dismissed this morning. Jesus name. We'll see you back. Amen. Here this evening tonight. God bless you. Amen.